Welcome to Pazina Perspectives, brought to you by Pazina Investment Management, a global value manager known for our commitment to fundamental research and disciplined value investing. In today's special episode of Pazina Perspectives, founders Rich Pazina and Bill Lipsy discuss the process of succession planning. Effective January 1st, Carolyn Kai and Allison Fish succeeded Rich and Bill as CEO and president, respectively. However, neither Rich nor Bill plans to retire anytime soon. Rich retains his chairman title and is continuing in his co-CIO and co-PM roles, while Bill has taken on the new title of vice chairman and retains client relationship management responsibilities. We present this fireside chat to hopefully answer some of the questions our clients care about most, as Bill and Rich discuss how succession is a process, not an event. Hi, Rich. Bill. So this is kind of fun. We did this almost three years ago when the, when the pandemic began. We had a chat from our homes on Zoom, remarking on what it's like to run a business via Zoom, when you can't see a human being other than on a TV screen. And here we are next to one another. <laughs> and so it's kind of fun doing this. Um, the subject that I thought we might talk about today is one that's very close to yours in my heart right now, and that is succession. And I want to talk about it as we've thought about it, as, as process. You know, the whole world thinks about succession, I, I believe, and they imagine the outcome. They imagine the actual succession. Somebody replaces somebody else. In our case, Caroline Kai is taking on your responsibilities as CEO, Allison Fish taking mine as president. But really, it's all about process. Now, this is the end result. It's, it's really all about process. I, um, I've long thought that the idea of succession planning is sort of strange because especially if you're a founder leader of a business, you're never really comfortable thinking, I'm old enough to be succeeded. And so I, um, uh, however, here we are uh, with sixes in front of our age. And so um, let me start there. And, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about succession and the process we've gone through. Of course, but I think it's really important to distinguish between succession and retirement. Okay. Because I, I think there's a big difference. Saying that I'm too old, too young to retire and saying I'm too young to be succeeded are two different things. Okay. So from my perspective, we are too young to retire. I think we share the same <laughs> view on that. Um, but let me talk a little bit about how I grappled with the distinction between succession and retirement. You know, you remember the story when we went to see Vanguard. This was five or six years ago. Um, Vanguard is one of our biggest clients, and we sub-advised funds for them, and we were at their company headquarters for a ordinary board meeting the day that a legendary CEO, Bill McNabb, announced that he was stepping down as the CEO. And I think both of us were really surprised yeah. to hear that news since we were the same age as Bill McNabb in our 50s at the time. Right. And, and we got a chance to talk to him. And I said to Bill, I don't get it. You're too young to retire. 
And he said, I'm not retiring. Um, I've got all these things that I want to do with my life. So I said, so I don't get it. You've built this unbelievable organization. You've massively influenced it. Uh, um, you, you, you have this wonderful reputation. Why, why would you step down? And, right. and, and his answer was, because my successor is ready. He put it in totally different terms than anything that I had thought about. Mm. Um, and of course, on the ride home, that's all we talked about. Um, and we started six years ago, it's almost six years ago now, yeah. a, a process of thinking, we have the people, now what do we do? Now, of course, what, happened, what comes into your mind when you're thinking about succession is very personal, right? We, we built this organization from the beginning. It feels like, like you would think of a child and you don't want to let go. And so that's the first question. Can, could I, can I do that? Mm. Um, will, will someone who succeeds us do things the way we did them. Now, we both acknowledge that we don't, didn't always do them right. right. So it's, it's an interesting concept, but you still think those things. Um, do we choose the right person to, to lead the organization? Uh, where, what's my relevance going to be to the firm in the long term? Um, and, and, and I know from our endless conversations on this topic, when you run an organization and you're trying to build something lasting, your own personal issues, you, you have to engage in a lot of self-sacrifice for the benefit of the firm. Doesn't mean that we didn't benefit from it, I'm not trying to say that, um, but I'm trying to say that in the short run, you can't think about yourself. So do we have the people in place that, that think that way? So these are all the things that came right. to my mind in this process. Yeah, yeah. Look, that story at Vanguard is um, still ringing in my head. I've heard you retell it so many times, and it is very powerful. One of the things that you make me think about when you talk about did we pick the right people and how can we know their motivations, I... I um, I'll just observe as a student of our business, it's so normal for companies to go outside their company and pick somebody. And they always pick somebody who has got tremendous passion for being the leader. But that doesn't always sync up with the internal realities of the culture of the business. One of the things I feel very fortunate about, and I know you do too, is We've got a, a large number of people been with us for 15, 20, even more years. And two of them, Caroline and Allison, are taking on these roles. I, I really do believe that when people are, the, the fabric of the company, the, the culture of the company is, is people. And when it's like that, having people who come from that lead, to me, makes Ultimate, ultimate sense. I'd, I'd love to hear you think about how that works in our firm. Well, I'd, I'd start with the answer to the question of the business like ours is different than a manufacturing business where you make things and what you make and how you make it 
determine whether you're successful or not. The only thing that determines whether we're successful or not is the investment capability of our, of our firm. So bringing in somebody from the outside is highly, highly risky and really disruptive. And, and you know, I, I always thought of ourselves being more in the investment profession than the investment business. And, and I think it totally changes the way that you think about running one of these. Because if you're in the investment business, you start with, well, what are the market needs? And if the market needs growth, then let's give them growth. Right, right. You know, we never thought of it that way. Right. We thought of it as, we know how to do one thing. So we should be focusing on running it to do that one thing well, and then the clients will come. Yeah. And so we never did it the other way around. So if you hire a business person, I think you're gonna get a business, not a profession. So I've always believed really, really strongly that you needed an investment professional to run what I'll say, our investment business. Because what you get when you have an investment professional is someone that the talent can look up to and respect. Um, it makes the firm be thought of in a different fashion, not only from clients, but also from prospective employees who want to be associated with being good at something. Um, so it's, it was never hard to say we really want to home grow. Also, it was pretty easy to make the choice. Um, I, I, you know how I've talked about Caroline since the first day. In fact, on our, on, on she's been here for 20 years roughly. On, at her first review. I said to her, you're going to be the next chief investment officer of the firm. I didn't say CEO. I said the next chief investment officer. It was obvious when she was in her 20s. Um, she's the clearest thinker that I ever encountered in my life. She's smart. She has good judgment. She's respected. And so putting a strong investment professional in charge of a professional organization was an was an Easy, easy choice. So, so you're raising something that the number of clients have actually asked us. We picked Caroline and Allison to take on these roles. And as I said earlier, we've got a large number of senior people who you'd use a lot of that language to describe who we didn't put in those roles. We didn't ask them to do those roles, right. and so how do you how do you, we think about the question that we get is how do we think about the risk that one or more of those folks would be very disappointed and potentially leave? The answer is you think about it a lot, right. because you worry about it from the first day you start this process. Um, it's why the process went on over a course of five years or so, and and. We had, you did, I did, we did together, have numerous conversations with all of the senior investment people to 
ask them what do they want to do with their lives and their careers. And some, the answer is very, comes very quickly, I don't want that job. <laughs> right. I came here to be an investment person. Don't make not, me do that. Right. <laughs> I understand how they feel. Um, we also ask them, what would you do if you weren't chosen? Um, and it was interesting to hear the responses. Um, and, and those became part of our thinking as right. well. They were a part of the process from day right. one. They right. knew what we wanted to accomplish. They didn't know our timing exactly, but they knew what we wanted to accomplish. And they had to sta each stake out what they wanted to contribute to the organization. Right. It, one, of the, one of the aspects of the process that I think I think we did differently than most do, um, and I think it's had a big effect on the outcome. And it's a it's a practice that we followed with portfolio management assignments when we assign somebody a new role as a portfolio manager. We give them, in effect, an apprenticeship period, and then when they've had time six, twelve months to actually internalize it, we put them out there as, uh, as, as fully fledged and ready to go. And, and I'd love you to talk about how we did that in, in this instance. Well, we followed the same basic um, prescription. Um, the, the reality is when we started settling on Caroline, she wasn't settled that this is what would make the most sense for her. Right. She had always viewed her own capability as an investment capability. Right. Um, so we put her on our executive committee. That's what we did. I think it's four years now right. that we've had right. her on our executive committee. Right. And she sat there quietly for six months, nine Lease. months. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where she watched us with like wondering, this, <laughs> this <laughs> what is, is what this they, all about? This is what those guys do. <laughs> um, and and then her voice gradually came. But it wasn't that she was uncomfortable and then became comfortable. It was she had something to contribute. And so she became more vocal and it became clear that the way she, that, that there wasn't just a, a, an analytical, mm -hmm. um, creature that was there. There was um, somebody who really had compassion and understood that the people side of this business is what drives it and that means that you have to be responsive. Um, and, 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 you know, everybody, I, you hear it all the time, always picks on leadership of companies because they see something that they decide and they think, how could that guy do that? That's the right. You know, they have no concern for the rest of us. Um, <laughs> right. And then when you're in there. Sort of like when I watch a football game and I could be a better yes, quarterback. Yes, correct. <laughs> than the quarterback. <laughs> correct. Um, and, and when you see the multiple sides of everything and how, how not easy this is, um, it changes your perspective and your dynamic completely. And so I think what happened is that her eyes opened up what it really means to be a leader, and then she stepped up. 
So right. on the day that we said, when we announced this to the world a couple of weeks ago, um, she was already de facto the leader. I mean, she right. had taken on more and more responsibility um, at, with, with respect. Um, and, and, you know, we did the same thing with Allison, right? Also on our executive committee, even though we didn't have her as a formal member, she was a participant. Um, and we got the chance to see if a passion developed. Because um, if it doesn't, right. you know, it's not good for either side to make that choice. Right. No, it's been, it, it has been really rewarding. I know, I know it feels that way for you too. For me to watch as Allison in the beginning would sit with me while I would tell her my list of challenges and, and worries and strategies and I could see her processing the, the, the questions of do I really want to engage in this and come to actually see how integrated it makes her in everything that we do and that her investment mind actually kicks in to helping think about how an investment firm should operate, how we, a deep value, effectively single strategy organization should operate in the future. It's, it's really been rewarding. But I want to sort of pick up on the reality question then that people put to us. And I think this is probably near and dear to your heart is, okay, so you've picked two outstanding investment people to take on the firm leadership roles, how do you expect them to retain the level of excellence that they've exhibited for all these years in their investment roles, which, by the way, is why we, your clients, have hired you? The client issue is pretty straightforward. I mean, we've known it from day one. Every client wants to be the only client <laughs> right. and have you do nothing else <laughs> other than manage their particular portfolio, right. um, which is reasonable, actual. Yeah. It may not be reasonable. It's understandable. Right. Um, right. But, but in reality, the leadership is, they're not in conflict with each other because this creating the environment that, raises up strong, talented professionals is the only way that you can do that. And, you know, I did it, right? Right. Remember, we were, we were younger than them when we started this firm. I <laughs> know that's hard Almost to believe. ten years but younger. We didn't know what we were doing. Right. And, and, and we, um, we figured it out. The first ten years were pretty straightforward. When people used to ask me, how much time do you spend running the firm? I, my answer would be, there's nothing to do. <laughs> um, you know, 5% of my time. And obviously, we became successful. We went public. We globalized. The regulatory framework changed. The fee pressure came, came to being. And, and the demands that were placed on us by our clients escalated dramatically. That 5% quickly faded. Mm -hmm. And... and for me, what was important was, one, to, that, that we had developed really great investment talent. We, the, biz, the firm, were able to grow an, a global non-U.S. investment business with almost no involvement from me. 
So what, what a leader does is, yes, they have to spend less time, but by spending less time, the outcome's actually better for the client because you've empowered really high quality people. Now, I, I think, even though I can say I did the same thing, I still stayed focused on the domestic side as a chief investment officer and ran the company. It's probably a little easier now than it was. We've taken the public company out of the equation. That's an amazing Big amount of, of, of time. We have professionalized all of the administrative back office support, um, marketing um, aspects of the firm that we were doing ourselves, basically. And we have talented senior leadership, talented middle-level leadership. So, so the job is, isn't, you don't have to build it as part of the job, it's mm. built. Mm. So the ability to, I don't think it's ever gonna get to the, to the level of time that I had to spend. And, and, and I know when somebody understands deep in their heart that the success of our organization is tied to only one thing, our investment performance, that letting that not be the highest priority will, will, will not happen. So, so I want to ask one more question before we close this. And it's something that you, you just referenced and you, you talked about earlier as well. And that is you and I and John, we started this our whole lives were wrapped up in this. It was never a question of what we were going to spend our time doing, and it didn't matter what time of day, and it didn't matter what day of the week. It was how we were programmed to do this. However, we owned the majority stake in the business, and so we could argue that we were properly incentivized to act that way. And we get asked all the time now, how are you taking care of that, making sure that the next generation is properly incentivized and motivated to operate this business and act in the favor of clients the way you always have? I think there's two aspects to that. One is, have you hired the people that would do it because they wanted to do it, independent of whether they had the right amount of compensation program to do it. And you can tell, it's not hard to tell. Right. Um, you know, we, you and I, and our team came up with these leadership principles that we tried to write down um, as our, that are part of our firm that try to say what we did. And it was never because we had the highest paycheck. Right. We also know that when you own a business, if you're going to turn it over to somebody else to run on, on your behalf, they better own a lot of it themselves. It's the only way. So we've been focused for decades, really, from right. before we went public, we started making partners in our firm. Um, and, and, and to do that, you transfer the earnings of the business to the next generation. So we're, we've gotten to our goal. Actually, we set a goal that we wanted 25% of the firm's earnings to be in the hands of the non-founders, and it is. And, 20, and the upside 
belongs to the next generation. Um, so I think we, we, we pick the right people that are passionate without the incentive, but we also took that off the table. So, so if you own a big chunk of this firm and you have to say, we're having a tough time this year um, because they're, the market collapsed or whatever can be thrown in, at you, you want the leadership to say, I'm not gonna get paid this year so that we can pay everybody else. And, and to do it because they feel it's the right thing to do, but to, but to know that in the end, if they're right and we build something that's more valuable, they've benefited from that decision. Thanks. I wanna, I wanna close this, Rich, with, um, uh, a, I'll say, a personal reflection that of what a privilege this has been. It's, um, you're right, I'm definitely too young to retire. I doubt I ever actually say that I'm ready to retire, but um, I agree with you. Having somebody ready to take on my role means it's time for them to take on my role. And I think one of the things that we've had in our favor is that respect at the leadership level to make sure we could hear each other and accomplish this as a team. And, and that's what we've tried to transmit. You know, we're never going to be judged as having made good decisions in this succession process until it's already done. And so that's five years out, that's 10 years out. I will say we've, we've been fortunate to stay the course that, that we knew that course was the right course for us for 27 years. And I look forward to this next leadership of Kazina. Yeah, I look, look I look forward to the, to the next 27 years um, where we can, be the, we can be observers and proud parents <laughs> of the next generation that, that has the same kind of commitment to, the, to our clients that we've had. It's not only a commitment for investment excellence, it's a commitment to do the right thing and to be trusted. And um, we have the right team to do that. Rich, thanks for sitting down and having this conversation. I really enjoyed it. I enjoy these, these as well. And uh, thanks to all of our employees, our new leaders, and all of our clients for making this such a successful organization. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Pazina Perspectives. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And for more insights on value investing, visit our website at www.pazina.com. That's www.pzena.com. You can also follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter.